Unscrambled podcast. Have you ever accepted a LinkedIn connection request? Are you stuck wondering which ones to accept and which ones to reject or do some more research on? In today's episode, we're looking at the whole idea behind your LinkedIn network and LinkedIn connection requests, um, from especially from people who you do not personally know. Okay, let's get right in. So on a regular basis, every day, I can receive between one and five LinkedIn connection requests. Some of them I accept straight away, while others are left pending for me to do some further research. It's important, obviously, before you accept a LinkedIn correction request, that you need to ask yourself a few questions. Before I go into those particular questions that you need to ask, I'm just going to take a step uh, back a little bit because I could be jumping over someone's head. You're probably wondering, what is LinkedIn? What's a LinkedIn connection request? At the time of recording this particular podcast, I have over 200 pending connection requests that I need to accept or uh, reject. It's not because I feel that I'm sort of better than anybody else. It's because I need to do my due diligence. So back into LinkedIn and what's LinkedIn all about or what's a LinkedIn, LinkedIn connection request. It's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> all right. So what is LinkedIn? Well, just in case you didn't know, LinkedIn is a business networking uh, social media platform that has been around for over 10 years. And it can be considered as the number one place where business decision makers hang out. And only the business decision makers. Okay, you have employees as well, but technically those employees are also business decision makers. So what's the big deal? Well, let's take some time to look at the facts so that you can understand the importance of this particular network. Okay. So in the US alone in 2016, actually, I'm, I'm getting that date, that year wrong. It's actually January of 2018. Uh, 60% of the internet users in the US um, had a household income of over $100,000 a year. And they were also users of the LinkedIn network. So I'm going to put that into this perspective a little bit. So 60% of all internet users in the US had a household income of over 100,000, but they also were users on, of the LinkedIn network. So for example, if you are a coach or a consultant or a speaker, etc., and you contact these particular decision makers on LinkedIn network, you know, number one, that they can afford to pay you either personally or because of the amount of money they're making every year, um, especially if they're key decision makers, you know that their company can also afford you or your services. Um, and it kind of sounds complicated. So let's look at a different statistic. Okay. So in terms of usage, um, back in 2016, 
I don't have an updated figure because they probably haven't done any particular research or not willing to release this particular figure yet. Um, but on, on the um, show notes, you'd see I left a graph there um, showing you how many times a day, a week, a month that people on LinkedIn use their mobile devices to accept, access um, the LinkedIn network. So looking at the graph, you'd see that over 25% of people use LinkedIn several times a week from their mobile device. So it's not like it's something that they use once a year or once a month or once a quarter. It's something that they use several times a week. In terms of daily usage, we have 14% of people using um, LinkedIn from their mo mobile device. For me personally, I use a mix of both. Depending on where I am, I can access it from my mobile device and I can access it from my desktop as well. So I'm a, I'm a desktop and mobile user. Um, I do have another statistic for you in terms of um, the amount of people by country who are members or have a profile on the LinkedIn network. So number one country, this is statistic again, I think it's from 2016. When you think about it, this year, um, it's going to be much more. So 2016, you had over 128 million people using LinkedIn in the United States. It may not be a massively big sort of billion dollar figure, <laughs> but it's a lot of people. In India, 35 million. In uh, Brazil, which for me is very surprising because the, the top five countries that's using it, only two of them are English speaking um, countries and the rest are non-English speaking countries or, yeah, I guess people in, uh, some people in Brazil and India do speak English, but technically speaking, they're not, they're not really English speaking countries. It's not their native language. Um, so India has 35%, Brazil 25%, United Kingdom 20% and China 20%. Coming in last is Russia, that's up, 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 uh, up around 15 countries, so it's number 15 on the list, so native 20. We have Russia with 5 million. So this is not something that is sort of isolated to English speaking countries or to um, the top what we call um, tier one countries or anything like that. This covers a multitude of countries, a multitude of languages. It's well known um, and these are bis business decision makers. So hopefully that just gives you sort of a flavor as to what LinkedIn is and why it's so important for businesses. Um, so when you think of 120 million, actually let me turn it on its head. As a business owner, or maybe you're just starting out in business, how many clients do you think it would take for you as, a, as an organization, as a company, to become successful? A million? I can assure you, probably less than that. You're probably looking at a thousand. A thousand at a really, you know, if you started to sell like products for, that is sort of a hundred dollars, each um, of course that depends on what success means to you if for you to be uh, successful you need to make twenty thousand um, dollars for the, in your in year one 
and you sell a thousand of those particular products that you're selling or services, maybe a $27 product or $27 course, and you sell a thousand of those and you, you, you sort of hit your business numbers in terms of what you set out as your business goals, that for you is success in year one. Then you don't need 128 million people to do that. You just need a thousand. Um, and you can get a thousand when you come by, when you look at the US alone, it's 128 million people. And I'm sure you can find a thousand people in that pool of people, in that um, thousand business decision makers, in that pool of people. And if you're, con- if you're looking at consumers, then um, business decision makers are also consumers. So it's a really good network um, to find people who actually have the cash. Because on places like, compared to places like Facebook, where you do have um, decision makers, some of them are stay-at-home moms and they may not actually have access to cash. Um, or uh, early teens, sorry, early teens, sorry, late teens, early 20s, again, who may not have access to cash. Maybe college students. Um, although college students do have sometimes have a lot of money because they work part-time or whatever, but not a lot, but sufficient amount of money to spend maybe on a $27 ebook. Um, if you're teaching them to, you know, improve on their exam results, etc. But the point that I'm trying to make here is um, with LinkedIn, you have people who are most likely in full-time jobs um, or full-time businesses or coaches or, in, or freelancers and they've got access to cash uh, most of the time and you are more or less guaranteed of um, hitting your business goals in terms of revenue and conversions and leads, etc. All right. So let's get into the specifics of LinkedIn itself. Who sent you the LinkedIn request that you got, the LinkedIn connection request? So yes, you may want to accept it. You might want to reject it. Uh, there was a big controversy over the, probably the last 10 years. I'm trying to think now. We've been in the last five to, five to 10 years over um, whether or not you should accept a connection request from someone you don't know, you've never met, you've never heard of them before, you get a point of making. Um, and there was a huge concern around that and LinkedIn was there telling you you shouldn't be accepting anybody you don't know. Um, and, you know, then you say, okay, you shouldn't accept um, connection requests from people you know. But if you just met someone at a conference or maybe in a pub or maybe at a business meeting somewhere, do you really know them? Like, when you say know them, how long How long must you do that? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Should you know them for at least an hour before you accept their connection request? Hmm. What about the newspaper uh, agent on the side of the road, or the man who owns um, the, I don't know, the B&B? Do you really know them? Do you need to spend time, sit down, have lunch with them, know about their family, their friends, and their network before you accept their connection request? Hmm, very interesting question, I know. But something to consider, um, because it depends on your aversion to risks. Yes, risk. It's probably thinking like, this is not like a financial decision where you're sort of going to lose money or make money as a result of accepting the connection request. No, it's not like Facebook where you have sort of this business trying to stalk you and get to know where you live. No, not really. But they get to know where you work. Um, 
if it is you, you know, state the company where you're working and sort of your location. You guys know where you work. So it could become a stalker. I mean, what are the risks? What are the risks exactly when you look at it uh, from a 10,000 foot view? Let me ask you a different question. Have you ever tried typing in your first and last name into Google search engine? What comes up? I'll tell you. I can guarantee you in the first five results would be your LinkedIn profile, your Facebook profile, your Twitter profile, and any other things that you've been doing. Maybe if you have a blog or if you do a podcast or anything like that, they would be in the first five results. In fact, LinkedIn could easily be number one. Why? Ah, well, between themselves and Facebook, they keep chopping and changing. Sometimes Facebook is number one and sometimes LinkedIn is number one. But many times it's LinkedIn that's number one. It's a very uh, search engine rich profile. And if you turn the whole idea of risk and lead gen on its head, your LinkedIn profile can be a lead generation tool to for you and for your business so should you accept connection requests hell yeah why not yes yes i know you can do your due diligence you'll have to do your due diligence first um, before you do it but here's what your linkedin profile if it comes up as number one when someone types in your name what does your profile say about you uh, if you're building your own personal brand then you need to ensure that your profile reflects your key messaging um, and the content that you want them, your, you know, people who find your profile to know so that you can generate leads back for your business. Uh, you know, why else are people searching for your name? Unless they are specifically stalking you like an ex-boyfriend or something like that, <laughs> which I doubt very much. Um, your ex-boyfriend would know where you live and much about your family and everything so they don't need to stalk you online so you need to put your profiles to work and make some passive income if you can <laughs> something to consider what's the worst that can happen I'll give you an example of what the worst that can happen it probably happened to me three times so far with LinkedIn I get horrible cat calls cat calls I don't know what it, what's the name you call it guys looking to date and that's probably the worst that can ever happen um, well I doubt anybody get anything worse than that where people where guys are just looking to date and it has happened many times lots of women on uh, the LinkedIn platform and apparently it happens to guys as well I'm not sure I have no idea but I've heard some guys say it happened to them I don't know if they were messing or if it was the truth but the bottom line is if you get a thousand uh, LinkedIn connection requests or 5,000 or 10,000 connection requests um, and of those 10,000 three of them turn out to be guys looking to date I mean in the large scheme of things that's like less than three percent that is nothing so yes you should um, accept LinkedIn requ connection requests actually I do have another thing that happened to me as well someone connected with me it looked really genuine and everything and after i connected with them they disappeared off the face of the earth which is a bit weird but that's not that doesn't harm your profile in any way you also have people who are just spammers and they're looking to connect with you um in order to gain 
I don't know, links to something or other, back to some kind of a profile or business or page or blog post, whatever it is, which doesn't really harm you in any way, shape or form. So when you go looking, going to a networking event and you hand out your business cards, isn't that the same concept? Aren't you getting people to connect with you when you hand, hand out your business, your sort of business cards? Yes, it's a piece of cardboard with your name and a telephone number and email address and everything is right there. But if you think about it, LinkedIn is actually safer because normally you wouldn't have your phone number there. Well, at least not your, probably your personal phone number. You might have a business phone number in there. Um, and you probably, the person can connect, can actually message you right on the platform. They don't need to have your direct email address. So actually, it actually probably works out quite safer. So, I probably mentioned this before in one of my previous podcasts, but did you know that there are over 2 million LinkedIn groups or groups on LinkedIn? I'll let that sink in for a second. Some groups have over 1.8 million members. I'm part of one of those groups and it's quite active. Some groups are more active than others, but the point is that these groups have specific fo- a specific focus. They range from you know social media marketing to women in photography to cloud computing and anything you can possibly imagine like rugby business networks. So I've put a few screenshot examples there so you can see you know what the possibilities are. But the whole point of groups is it's probably a safer way if it is you don't want to accept a direct LinkedIn connection request from a particular person. You can join groups and you can see or see that we have interaction there to see how genuine they are before they send you a connection request. And if it's already there and you're, not, and you're probably part of the same group with them, then you can just go into the group and see what the feedback has been on that particular person. Um, so another safe way for you to check out um, people on the LinkedIn network before you actually connect with them. Another way you get LinkedIn connection requests is through engagement or another way you can actually connect with people. So if you spend some time engaging with other people's content, like commenting on their articles, commenting on their posts, commenting on their videos, um, etc., then people will actually pop over and view your profile and decide if you're a good resource for their network. The question is, well actually, before I ask that question, I personally like leaving connect uh, weird, weird, different, uh, and wonderful comments on uh, other people's uh, content. After all, life is too short to be leaving comments like "nice posts," "thanks for sharing," "well said." You know, I prefer to leave a, like a paragraph, a little paragraph or three lines saying something weird and wonderful. I must put a screenshot of one of the ones I've put there. Uh, let's go through my activity history so you can see what, what kind of comments I leave. Comments of value and people will always pop over and have a look at my profile to see. Especially if I am, uh, it's a really good value added um, post to my network, I would, I would leave a comment there. Every action you take in this life always has an impact on another human being. So what are you waiting for? Take that leap and make a comment that reflects who you are deep down. Uh, it's time to stop playing sheep and following each other. If you, or if we uh, in need uh, leave unique comments, 
it reflects the uniqueness of who we are. So the most imperative thing when it comes to LinkedIn connection request is making sure or trying to see if this connection request would be someone who would be your ideal client. So the question for you is, who is your ideal client? Um, if your ideal client is someone residing in an English-speaking country or a German-speaking country or Spanish-speaking country, and the, and the person is probably in the owner of a craft shop or a jewelry shop or um, something that affects and they must live in a certain city or town. So you have it all niche, you have your ID client profile all set out. Then um, when you get a connection request that sort of matches that profile, it might be in an adjacent town, um, then it's, you know, it's a no-brainer accept the connection request however if you receive a connection request from someone who just doesn't fit your profile in a, in a language that you don't speak totally not a decision maker that you'd like to be speaking to totally like 10,000 miles away from you know your particular focus unless that person has um, a good added value for your particular network or your particular um, list of leads, I would suggest not connecting with them. Um, you can reject the lead or the, sorry, the connection request um, or just leave it there until you come to a point where you would actually need, um, you know, to have value for this particular connection request. All right. So one thing, to, that's the one thing, the very first thing to consider when it comes to um, connection requests. Is it your ideal client? Another thing is the LinkedIn connection request messaging. So when someone sends you a connection request, normally, especially if it's someone who is valuable to your network, they would normally send you a unique message not please add me to your network or I'm trying to think of what what i've received so far some weird ones just no no message at all just you just see them a connection request with no unique messaging or straight away they send you a message where you just think mm -mm, this person can never be a partner a customer or a supplier in any way shape or form you know you're not you're not forced um, to connect with them but one of the ways I separate what we call the sheep from the goats or the good ones from the bad ones are those who send me a really um, well-crafted message saying um, why they want to connect with me what value they can add to my network etc etc um, and I can tell you that that's probably only I don't know, 10%, maybe less than that, 5% of people who send me a well-crafted message. Hence the reason why I have over 200 people just waiting to get accepted because they haven't sent me a well-crafted message. I have no idea who they are. They don't fit my client profile. Um, so I just have to wait until one day when I have a little bit more time and I'll just go through them bit by bit, have a look at the profile because it takes time, you know. Time is a precious resource. I always say this. 
takes time go in have a look at their profile um, see if you know there's something that you can connect with uh, because sometimes depending on the device a person is using to send a connection request it doesn't allow them the flexibility of of crafting um, a unique message so that that is one of the technical difficulties that some of them face but if it is that they you know they're a good fit or they, they're sort of looking to profile you properly they will find a way um, to do it because it is possible to actually um, craft a unique message to people who you would like to connect to then I need to flip that coin a little bit now so what about you you don't have to wait until you receive the connection request from people what you can actually do is send over connection requests to people who would you know be your ideal client and you know instead of spending time uh, uh, sort of going through people who are not a good fit you need to a list of connection requests. What you can do is spend time crafting um, really unique, compelling messages to people who are a good fit um, for your particular network. And you're probably wondering, hmm, what, what does a good message look like? Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of um, something called Why You, Why You Now? A uh, number of years ago, I did um, this uh, lead prospecting training, and it involved this concept of why you, why now? Why, sorry, why you, why you now? And um, basically, it's all about understanding um, or helping the client on, or the prospective client understand why you're reaching out to them, what value you can add to them. Um, and to their business uh, one good way to craft that message is to do some research yes I, I mentioned the R word research so you go off and research that particular company or that particular client um, have a look at the company have a look at um, especially if it's a um, publicly traded company if it's a private company obviously you probably wouldn't find a lot of information unless the CEO or the MD or the COO or someone um, made a comment in the news and that's one of the ways to find out you know what what they're struggling with what are their goals and aspirations for the next three to five years etc so you have to do some homework and find out you know what it is they want to achieve what are their goals and aspirations what's their vision um, and if it is their public-facing company then you can go and look at their last um, company report and have a look at the sort of um, introduction message from the CEO or the chairman or whoever and once you've um, looked at that it'll give you a fair idea of what you know what are the aspirations or what it is they were struggling with over the last year or what they plan to do in the next 12 to 24 months uh, maybe they're looking to expand into new regions improve their forecasting increase their sales increase their profit margins um, get into digital marketing, get into cloud computing, move everything into the cloud, business transformation. Companies always have a lot of goals and aspirations. That's how they grow. Once you find out that kind of information, then you'd need to um, craft this particular message 
to the person who is closest to the pain. So normally the person closest to the pain would be the person who's doing the day-to-day running of that department, um, like the IT manager or the IT admin, the person who's actually going through the pain, having to spend hours and hours trying to fix a problem. That is the person you want to talk to. You want to talk to the person who isn't facing the pain. Sometimes it's not the MD or the CEO because they're, you know, about two or three steps moved away from the pain. You want to talk to the person with the pain. All right. So, and I'm talking about pain. I'm talking about business pain, business challenge. Um, you also in, uh, include something that the two of you share. I know that it's kind of difficult, but not really because when you look at it, you look at their LinkedIn profile. I know not everyone has this on their profile, but they also outline their interests. So if they're interested in rugby, in social media, in gardening, in um, motivational speaking, in wellness and health, they will always indicate, you know, what they're interested in. If they're interested in a specific charity, you know, you find that information there on their profile. Once you get that information, then you're going to craft that message. And I've left a little... um, example in the show notes but I'll go through it while on the podcast as well so you type in something like hi first name so his name is say for example the guy's name is Roger hi Roger I notice that you have a keen interest in tomato gardening and this is something that I've been testing out for the last two years maybe you can give me some pointers um, in your company's last annual report your CEO and you list the CEO's name outline uh, plans for growth in revenue with the hope of opening an office in Singapore. My department specializes in, in helping specializes in helping companies set up offices in Southeast Asia and I am keen to see if this is something we can assist with um, as we have experience in this particular area. If you are not the correct contact spearheading this particular project, would you be able to direct me to the right person, please. End of message. Obviously, you put some many regards, sincerely, and your name, and, you know, a Southeast Asia startup enthusiast, or whatever it is. All right, so you put that there, and, and it's really about making that person aware of what the value you can add to their lives, as well as the connection. So what it is the two of you have in common. So what to do next? Um, so once you get a connection request, or once you send a connection request, well, let's just deal with one or two. God, the thing that you never, ever, 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 ever do <laughs> is pitch them a sale. So you don't actually sell on LinkedIn. What you do is you build your brand and you add value. You give them something for free. And the same with once you send over that that um, LinkedIn connection request message or that just that message. It could be just an email that you send over to Roger. Then you follow it, follow it up with a connection request. Um, but yeah, basically that's what you do. Um, and never send, never try to sell them. Uh, if they're your ideal cl- client, engage with them. Um, give them content um, to support their efforts. Have you checked this out? Uh, any kind of news updates? You may want to also follow them on Twitter. Uh, and comment on their blog post. Um, the key is to become 
their number one fan so that they may notice you and a view with a view that one day they will become uh, your customer another possibility is that the two of you can develop a joint venture relationship in the long run so it doesn't always have to be a customer or client it could be joint venture partnership etc um, so only accepting requests that adds value to you and your business especially the one that brings you one step closer to your goals recap time okay so looking back at what we covered um, in this particular podcast we covered things like you know what is linkedin who sent you the connection requests the who the big who behind it all about linkedin groups and getting to know people better by joining groups um, watching your linkedin engagement because new engagement will bring people um, connecting back to you and one thing i forgot to add in the engagement is that if you lose if you put in or if you comment really stupid comments then you probably get connection requests from people who just want to waste your time so be careful on your commenting um looking at who your ideal client is you know making sure you have that profile in front of you and then obviously commenting on those people who are your ideal client because like attract likes look at your linkedin message or prepare for your linkedin message um or the LinkedIn message has been sent to you. Why you, why you now, what it's all about, the example that I left there, um, and then uh, what to do next after you send or receive the connection request. So I hope you found this information valuable and insightful. And it's your turn. What has been your experience with LinkedIn connection requests? All right. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know when um, the latest episode is out. Um, I do have an upcoming webinar that will be happening soon enough, covering all sorts of traffic attraction uh, hacks over LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, SEO, and Facebook. Uh, if you need help setting up a marketing plan for your blog or business, feel free to book some time in my calendar, and I'll be happy to spend what it normally with you going through um, different specifics uh, if you need help setting up your LinkedIn uh, sorry your Pinterest profile so much about LinkedIn um, and you need someone to manage a Pinterest account for you remember I do offer services in Pinterest account management all right that's it for now enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week bye for now <laughs>